following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about the shepherds. And as I was thinking about how do you take and make a whole sermon on the shepherds, one thing I started to realize is how much my life is now built around algorithms. Just think about how much in your life is now built around an algorithm. You might be seeing it as you're Christmas shopping. I did something I haven't done in years, which is I physically went to a store to go Christmas shopping. And it was a little bit chaotic because I was like, in Amazon, I don't have to dive around people. I love Christmas. It is my favorite. Put it in the cart, send it to my house. I did it. High fives all around. But what's really great is as I look for other people on my Amazon account, that algorithm starts showing up. So all of a sudden, I'm like, why am I seeing all of the fill in the blank? Because I'm not going to give away this year. But whatever it is, as you think about, as you search, those things start popping up more and more. Now, this connected with me as I was thinking about shepherds because I'm thinking most about my YouTube algorithm. Because I have tried to curate my to be mainly funny videos, DIY, baseball, and dogs. Like that's my goal, is to live in that bin of the algorithm. Now every once in a while, unfortunately, there's some rabbit hole I'll go down and I'll notice my algorithm messes up for about a week. Being in kind of some of that DIY space of the algorithm is sometimes things come up that I go, oh, I could do that, or I could learn that. And sometimes I'll watch a 20-minute video of something I will never do. I'm watching someone do something like, nope, this is awesome. And I've, all of a sudden, I'm like, where did the... And in the past month or so, something came across because of my algorithm of this guy who owns a farm in Nebraska who started building his own swimming pond. And I thought, well, okay, I'm in. And I click that, and I am now like three or four five-minute videos into this guy building a swimming pond in his you know, backyard of his farm. I'm never going to do that. Number one, the amount of heavy equipment this guy has is like I, like I could sell my soul and not afford that. Like, because I think, oh, he's renting, parks it in his garage. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course you've got, like, and this isn't just like, oh, he's got a tractor. We're talking backhoe. We're talking a deuce and a half dump truck. I mean, he's got it all. And sometimes he's just like, I'm going to collect firewood today. And here I am watching a guy collect firewood. I'm firewood. I'm watching a guy going, yeah, I bought all this stuff. And here so, but I'm watching it happen. I spent an entire episode watching him fail to dig a well. That he goes, oh, I can do this. And he invented all of these cool ways that he was going to drive home and dig that well himself. And by the end of the episode, he goes, guys who are professionals at this. <laughs> and I thought, ah, I've been there. But, you know, a kitchen sink and a well, two very different things. But somehow the algorithm brought in this, this story that I connected with, but it's something I'm... I'm It's something that that was fascinating to see, but as soon as it passes, it's just kind of gone. 
but it was fascinating that enough of what I had done had communicated to YouTube to tell it, hey, this guy would love to watch some random guy in Nebraska build a pond. And they weren't wrong. AI's coming for us all. But <laughs> Millie's going to get five bucks for that. But what it brought me to is I was thinking about, I mean, since I was a kid, I've read the Christmas story. I love the Christmas story. I love Luke 2 in as many versions as I can get it. I love reading it out of scripture. I love listening to it on the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I love hearing it in church on Christmas Eve. Time we talk about shepherds. And shepherds are such a cool idea. And there's something I'm never going to do. And that doesn't mean that that, that, that job, that, that vocation is, is bad. It's just like, I'm not going to do it. And in fact, I've ruined my YouTube because I got into the hole of looking up. You can watch shepherds like in the Scottish Highlands as they send out their sheepdogs. Listen, that's, we're falling into Ted's categories. Dogs, a little bit of DIY, like we're here. But it's so fascinating. If we were to look, if we were to say, hey, listen, there's an algorithm that God's building that as his son is going to come, here's that person that we're going to guess he's going to show up to. And we'd think if God's showing up, he's going to show up to somebody important. He's going to show up to a religious leader. He's going to show He's going to show up to at least maybe, you know, the mayor of Bethlehem. But instead, he shows up to a bunch of shepherds tending their flocks. And as I was thinking about this, like sometimes I dig myself into holes and because we do all our sermon planning around the end of the year, beginning of January. And in January, I'll go, you know what will be really great? If I preach on shepherds. And then I get to the last week of November and go, what idiot thought it would be a good idea to just preach on shepherds? And so I'm going, man, where am I going to take this? Where, where do I look at this? And so I pull out one of my commentaries that's a breakdown of the, the original language and talks a little bit about um, you know, the background and things like that. And I'm reading it, and I loved this author as he was talking because he approaches the idea of, and his answer is, because that's who God wanted. That is, if we were to build this algorithm of who should be showing up, that in, that in the, the story of what's happening, who would be the right person to fit into this equation sitting out overnight, camping, keeping an eye on their flocks and keeping away predators probably wouldn't fit into the story. So why shepherds? Because that's who God wanted. Now to give you an idea, we build up in our mind's eye what things look like. And for the longest time for me, the hills of Bethlehem looked like that picture from Windows 95. See, and that joke hit a certain aspect of you. But there was the background of Windows 95, which was like this hill with a sunshine on it, and everything was green, and it was perfect. And I thought, yeah, that's the shepherds. 
They're on this perfect idealized hill out with their sheep just laying in this thick grass of bedding. But here's a picture of what Bethlehem looks like. So this was 90 on the outskirts of Bethlehem. And what I love about it is that looks like it could be taken in 1890, you know, maybe change up how the building looks a little. And that's just outside Marble Falls. And you know where I don't want to sleep at night? Outside Marble Falls. Now, here's what I mean by that. Camp out there, yes, because someone has curated a nice flat pad for me to put my tent on. And then I'm going to set up my air mattress inside of that tent, and it's going to be great. But these people who are tending their flocks sitting out in the hill country with rocks where there's nowhere real comfortable to sit, but they've got to keep their flocks safe. They've got to keep an eye on what's going on out there. And so they're going to be in a place like this. It's not that idyllic path we're in Wisconsin. It's a place where everything wants to kill you, right? And that's why they're out with their sheep, to keep away the things that would attack them. So here they are, maybe gathered around a fire, maybe with some kind of bedroll, but working out at night. And it says as they're watching their flocks by night, but this is probably a 24-hour thing for them. Even if they're on some kind of shifts of, you know, the young guys are staying up late and the older guys are there in the day, whatever it is, they are with And it doesn't make sense that God would go to the outskirts of Bethlehem to find these shepherds, but some reason he decides these are the people he wants to call. Not only that, but irresponsible. We'll get to that in a second. Let's look at chapter 2, verse 8 again here. So Luke 2, if you're looking for, you know, the Christmas story, it's going to be Luke 2 is probably my favorite account of it. And in that same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch by night. Now there's a couple key phrases in here that we could just move over real quick, but let's look. And in the same region. Now, a lot of times in my mind's eye, I think, oh yeah, like here's the city wall, here's the shepherds. No, it's in the same region. Think about like, if someone said, and you know, if Jesus were born in Austin and someone said, in the same region, well, like for us, that could be Dripping Springs or that could be Liberty Hill. Like there's, there's a region is a little bit of like more than just outside. So we got to think that maybe as the author uses in the same region, I mean, maybe they're real close by, maybe they're further out. Maybe they've got to get a little further out from the city for the best grazing land to find space for their sheep. In the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, nighttime is an interesting thing. I don't know how many of you have worked an overnight job. That's not for me. I'm always impressed by because like my night shift, 10 o'clock, it's like lights out. Like my body's like, see you later. Like 5 a.m., I'm up, I'm ready to go. 
like hit the floor. I'm a morning person. But when I was in college, I applied to be a security guard, which was hilarious because it was just you like walking around driving on a go-kart, golf cart. I won't tell you why that was a Freudian slip. <laughs> but we were there, and in my first couple nights, they were broken into these different shifts. So you had 5 to 10, 10 to 1, um, or 2 7. And so we'd all, you know, you'd work these different shifts. I remember working that 10 to 2, 10 to 1 shift like twice and going to the director being like, listen, I'll keep doing this job, but I can only do that 5 to 10 <laughs> because that overnight shift is just brutal for me. But what I remember in a couple of those is when you're in the dead of night, things start getting a little different, right? Like things are very strange. Like I remember locking up, and it was specifically one building on the old campus of Concordia, Texas. It was called the Peter Center. And the Peter Center was a building that I know was used, but I had like one class in there my entire time I was there. It was where... Um, the theater department met, it was the art department, it was those kinds of things, which are brilliant things, not Ted's wheelhouse. So here's the one building not usually in during the day, and you had to go and make rounds through every building when you were on security. And I remember walking through the Peter Center, so thankful they gave you that big, heavy flashlight. Because I would turn corners and go, okay, there's nobody here things like that out loud. We were like, hey, I know you're not in here, right? And because at night, things are going to play with your imagination. That darkness just throws things off a little bit. What you see in the daytime isn't quite what's there at night, especially in places where there's normally people. When you're in a place where should be people and there aren't, it gets a little freaky. And so here you have these shepherds guarding their flocks by night. Now, whether they're the night shift or not, who knows? But we know that's going to bring things a little bit differently. And then it's like all of a sudden angels, right? Like it's dark, it's angel, and just shows up with that classic, be not afraid. Now, I'm telling you, if I'm a shepherd in the middle of nowhere, like living a little bit on edge because I'm watching out for predators and boom, angel, like I'm hoping there might be a place to change between like here and before I get to Jesus, right? Like, because angel in the middle of the night to these shepherds who are just out doing what they do. But in a time where your mind's wandering a little bit, you're always a little curious what's going on. And, you know, for the shepherds, they're listening. They're watching for those predators to show up. And boom, here's an angel. Now, there's somewhere in the region. And the scripture we're with today will say, and they got up and left their flocks. And if we know the Christmas story, we go, well, of course they left their flocks, right? Like Jesus was born, duh, like, let's go. Now we get because like the angels showed up and they responded, they did it. But also you got to imagine if these are the night shift crew, their bosses are probably the day shift crew, right? Because as soon as you're a boss, you're like, I'm off the night shift. And can you imagine what that next morning was like? So how are the sheep? Well, we didn't know. Interesting. Tell me about that. Why did you leave all our flocks to be attacked? And 
but they hear the call and they go. And they run into Bethlehem to find the Savior. To Bethlehem after the angels have told them where to go. So why shepherds? Well, that's who God wanted. It doesn't make sense in the algorithm. It should be somebody more important. But here it is. These people watching their flocks by night. And then I always envision them going in and knowing exactly where to go. But here, like, when we look at what the angel says, they literally just say, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. So a manger would have been the feed trough. At that point in time, that's the parking lot, right? If you're at an inn, that's the place where your mode of transportation is going while you're at the inn. So every inn, probably a lot of houses, every farm has a manger. But the angel goes, yeah, look for this baby Jesus. You'll find him wrapped in manger. So now you have these random shepherds running through Bethlehem. All I can imagine is causing havoc, looking in every manger for a baby. And the people of Bethlehem are going, what are these insane shepherds doing? What mushrooms are growing out in the fields right now? Here they go. They are so convicted upon seeing the angels that they run and search for the baby. No matter how they look, they go and do it. They are so convicted that they run out to find him. Now, as a surprise to all of you, I've never had a baby. But I can imagine that Mary, not too keen on guests at this point in time, right? Here she is, she's just had the baby Jesus. And now enroll these dudes from the fields by heaven, and they're going, can we see your baby? And Mary's got to be like, Lord, you're in charge of this. But they run in, they find Jesus, they find Mary and Joseph. And what I love is right after this, as they're sent, as they go, they are the first messengers to physically meet Jesus and go out and tell people about him. Shepherds. And if we slow down at this time of year and we can realize God chose shepherds to go and tell his story. And now he's inviting us to be a part of that. Now listen, what I love for on like the 24th, all of a sudden an angel shows up at Narrative Church Worship. Freak me out pretty well. Pretty, pretty cool. I can tell you what the first words out of his mouth would be. Do not be afraid, right? Boom, there it is. Probably not going to happen. But I think sometimes when we get to the Christmas season, that's what we want. We want to feel the magic. We want to get into the spirit. We want to find a way to capture once again that which we felt as children. And so we come again and again, and we're searching for that. And I love that the story breaks that algorithm for us. Because so often we're searching for that 
And if we stopped and realized we have the gift every year of reading the story of Jesus' birth again and again and again. Why did the shepherds need it? Because they didn't have the Bible to read it in. We have the gift given to us that we can open up the word of God and say, this is the story for us. That it breaks our algorithm this time of year. That in the midst of seeing lights, in the midst of trying to find the magic in the season, the word of God breaks in. I want you to fill in the blank instead of shepherds, whatever your job is. Even if your job is retire, like I want you to fill that in and think about that. If you're reading this, what would it be like if that's happening to you? How does that change your life this Christmas season? That in Genesis 3.15, When God comes amongst Adam and Eve and finds out about their sin and makes a promise where he says, the woman will have an offspring and you will strike his heel and he will crush your head. The promise of Jesus in the book of Genesis, the Savior to destroy death. What if we slowed down? What if built into our algorithm of this season is what we're supposed to do? Because listen, if you don't think I have a Christmas algorithm, you're wrong. I've already started checking. Done. Christmas lights, we'll see when. I'm going to drink some hot chocolate. I'm going to go walk around the square in Georgetown. Because listen, when you're a kid from Kingwood, the square is pure magic. Like that, that 10, 15 minute window when I first get to the square with those, I'm in a Hallmark movie. You can't stop me. Now I'm probably just the dude like sitting on the side of the Hallmark movie. I'm not a main character, but I don't care. Like there I am. I want to go to the square during Christmas time. I've got my list of movies I'm going to watch. Elf. Charlie Brown. Elf, White Christmas, and Charlie Brown. It's three movies. It's a wonderful life. We all have those things that we've built this algorithm around what we do in this season. And listen, those things aren't bad. They're a lot of fun. It's fun to enjoy those traditions with friends, with family. I'm not going to be up here being like, listen, take all your Christmas trees down, you heathens. Get them out, you sinners. No. Like there is something about saying, this is a great time. But we hold it in tension, remembering why we're celebrating. And when we look at the shepherds, it gives us a chance to remember that God comes in and shatters algorithms for our benefit. He changes the story so we can see what he's doing. Shepherds, why? Because that's what he wanted. Because then we get to tell the story of the great shepherd, the good shepherd who comes, that we are his sheep, that no matter how far we stray, he brings us back into the fold. Again, that through his death and resurrection, we rejoice in what he's doing. 
and has done for us. And at Christmas, we get this chance to slow down. We get to remember what he's doing. And I love the shepherds as that, the algorithm to say, listen, God stepped in and changed what we thought it was going to be. And even as you look forward to who Jesus's disciples will be, none of them make sense. Fishers, tax collectors, random people. The people he disciples that should be the rich, the religious leaders, they find reasons to either maybe come halfway in or just say, it's not for me. But here are these random people that Jesus fights in and they say, yes, I'll follow. And they don't do it perfectly. But he loves them and shows them what he's about. He breaks in to their reality to change things because the greatest break in the algorithm is the birth of Jesus. That the shepherds are showing up to see what he has done for us. What we deserve, we do not receive. My prayer this Christmas season is that we would be like the shepherds, that we would run out and declare the good news of who Jesus is. Let's pray. I give you thanks that you're in the business of raising up the lowly, Lord, of usurping our ideas of the world so that we can more clearly see who you are. Lord, we pray as these scriptures hit home with us this season, open our hearts to follow after you more and more every day, that we could be like the shepherds who rejoice running into the countryside, declaring a baby is born who is Christ the Lord. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.